welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Furniture Today's On the Record podcast, brought to you by Klausner Home Furnishings. If you need to know what's happening in the furniture industry, why it's happening, and what comes next, tune in to On The Record for expert analysis and open, honest conversation. Now, here's your host, Bill McLaughlin. Welcome to On The Record. My guest this week is Bob Marisich, CEO of International Market Centers. Bob, welcome to On The Record. Thank you for taking the time to speak to me and to the industry this week. Real good to be with you, and uh, I, w- I wish we were together uh, and with, without this uh, social distancing, but uh, at least good to touch base over the phone. Yeah, I, I wish we were looking forward to our regular High Point Market television morning, uh, Saturday morning television chats. Maybe we'll get to do that in June. That would be that would be wonderful. Wouldn't it, though? Um, as we talk, uh, just yesterday, and people should understand we do record these in advance, just yesterday, IMC announced... Um, the and I and I don't want to phrase this wrong because it's very specific, right? You you announced some uh, closings in line with uh, directions in Atlanta of America's Mart and ADEC. Uh, can you explain exactly what what that means? Because I I understand there's still access to the building, so I think it's important that people understand exactly the terms and conditions of what what occurred. Yes, uh, and, and, and interestingly, it, it's very close to um, the governor's uh, directive in Nevada, uh, which preceded it by, I'm going to say, four days or five days. Um, in this case, uh, it, it, it was the uh, mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, who had an executive order for, uh, for uh, Fulton County. And uh, but basically, it restricted the use of buildings um, uh, to essential services. And then there was a whole list of essential activities. And it, it allowed us basically to say, look, we're closed to the public, but we are open for the use of our tenants because um, many of them use, use them as offices. Um, amazingly, there are people that are bringing in product for market. Uh, and so we have uh, the loading docks uh, open. You have to make an appointment uh, in advance because we're practicing social distancing, you know, and all of those elements. And so people are able to use their, their, their showrooms uh, because they have long-term leases um, as they see fit. Now, many, many are not locals and, uh, you know, so, so they're, they're shuttered, but uh, there is still activity. And uh, as we said, look, the business isn't closed, um, but we are closed to the public. And so that, that applies both to ADAC um, and to uh, America Smart, as well as, uh, as uh, World Market Center in Las Vegas. What does it mean for the buildings in High Point? I mean, there, there is no market activity right there now. The high point market has been uh, pushed off till June. Do, do people um, have or need access to those buildings? Well, so, so Wednesday night, um, the, the, it, it came out more as a, a county directive 
but the, uh, the three mayors, including High Point, the Guilford County, uh, the Greensboro being part of it, announced that they were instituting, you know, the same uh, restrictions. And so, whereas we had been more open uh, in High Point, we are starting and 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 uh, to basically close them to any public activity as well. But again, uh, anything essential, which is the maintenance of the building or uh, work that people have to do in their showrooms, we will accommodate them. We, we have limited access. You just can't come in at every door now. We also have enhanced cleaning and then, uh, you know, uh, advisories about social distancing. And of course, we wouldn't condone any activity where um, there was a gathering of more than 10 people. But uh, now High Point is, uh, is, is going into that same procedure. I believe that, that, that all of these are 14-day um, uh, directives, except in Las Vegas, Governor Sisolak uh, came out for 30 days. And he's been highly, highly criticized for that as well. Um, you know, the hardship to the, to the, uh, to the gaming community and, the, and, and with the convention business has been really, really devastating there. But uh, yeah, that's uh, essentially we're, uh, all three of our businesses in Las Vegas, Atlanta, and High Point are now, now in the same boat. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we, we talk about with this is there's um, a lot of overreaction, right? You see people buying toilet paper like they'll never be able to get it again and um, people expressing a lot of concern. You've led businesses through a lot of different challenges, a lot of different challenging times. What are you telling your team and the folks at IMC? Well, uh, first of all, you know, this is a pandemic. And, and, and the implication in a pandemic is, is panic. And, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a, a reaction to panic. Um, interestingly, you wrote a blog last week and, and you know, it used a Franklin uh, Roosevelt saying, uh, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. I think that, you know, in the early stages of any kind of panic, there is almost a degree of irration irrationality and, and conjuring up the worst, you know, what, yeah, and rather than, you know, being able to step back. And uh, I, I think it's very, very interesting, Bill, that, you know, now as, as a manager or a leader, you look and say, well, you know, we knew what to do in a recession. And everybody was, you know, two months ago, everyone was talking about there's an inevitable recession. When's it going to be 2022? And there's a playbook for that. There's there's a precedent for how you deal with it. There's not an, a precedent for, you know, a pandemic. And, and and the natural reaction, I think, part of the human condition when, when something is unknowing is, is in many quarters to conjure up the worst. Uh, you know, after a period of time or with great leadership, you sit back and say, okay, what's the facts you know we're going to be we're going to be realistic about this you know and and if you look at i think you know outside of you know industry just with history you know great leaders are, are optimists they have a plan and and that plan you know oftentimes includes doing really tough things you know we're asking a lot of our employees and you know we're putting in place you know, really, really unprecedented and significant sacrifices on our employees. So are all our customers. They're doing things they don't want to do. And, and the government is reacting, I think, to help a large part of the population with, you know, what the, hopefully the Senate is going to uh, 
pass on on, on Friday. Excuse me, Congress is going to pass pass on Friday. Um, but what 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 we saw here in the you know the last week or or two weeks is is you know an overwhelming emphasis on the fear part of things rather than the realism of okay this is it this is our reality today it's going to end i've never heard anybody say look this is a, <laughs> you know this is a permanent situation or um you know that that uh, this is anything but uh temporary no one knows if we're going to whip this thing in 14 days or 28 days but uh, we're going to come out the other end um and and in that context what are we going to do about that what are the what are the factual things we have to do? You know, we, we, we have to cut costs. We have to maintain communication with our customers. We have to we have to communicate internally. You know, one of the one of the great things I've seen at IMC is how we have rallied and come together. We have over 400 people working at home and in contact. We have department meetings daily, and and uh, and and we're talking through. Okay, what do we need to do about this and that and. Uh, and 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 all of, all of that is with a bias to action, a planning, and you know at, again back to the leadership thing about being a realist and having a good plan, you know, and having some optimism is 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 that's where you reach into you know, a well of trust that you've built by how you've treated people, whether they're they're your employees, whether they're your customers, whether they're your suppliers, how you've treated them. And, and, you know, with, if that trust there, people will do incredible things to help you get to the other side of this. And so, uh, you know, where there's not a, a perfect playbook for a pandemic, there is an outline for what's worked back for world wars and, and incredible conflicts in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the first things went, it's probably exacerbated by the fact that people are isolated. And you know you're in your home, you're you're alone, you're not in communication, and so um, I I think you're absolutely right. This certainly is a temporary situation. Every um, communication that you see from the White House to the governors to the local communities is the goal is to social distance for a specific period of time to lower the trajectory of infection and and just simply allow hospitals to be able to treat those as they get sick. Um, and so I, I think people do need to keep in mind that this is planned and specifically temporary. Um, and I think the yeah. other thing too is when you're, when you're stuck at home, right? I mean, myself, you know, my, our staff, we've, we've been here for about seven days. You sometimes lose track of how long that really is, right? It's a very short time in, in reality. So much happened so quickly, but it really is temporary. It, 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 and it's interesting too, and your point about, and somebody mentioned earlier about communication. You know, when you're when you're trapped at home, early on in this, you know, when we were thinking through, you know, decisions about what to do, you know, the the, the first thing you do is, okay, who are the experts out there? And you know, the 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 CDC is an expert, the World Health Organization is an expert, uh, and and you look you look to them for guidelines. And, and people look to their lawyers, you know, uh, you know, in, in some cases and, you know, in dealing with, uh, you know, with these issues. When you're home alone, all you're hearing, you know, and you have the TV on, you know, you're looking, you're hearing basically, depending on what channel you're on, um, what we're calling news today, which in many ways just feeds some of these, uh, you know, 
uh, fearful emotions, and uh, and you see, you know, uh, you know, significantly negative things, and I I think that also it, it, you know feeds uh, feeds the, the frenzy if there is one. Look, a lot a long time ago, I learned that psychologists describe mood, you know, whether it's a person's mood or an organization's mood as their assessment of the future. So if you think, you know, tomorrow's going to be sunshine and, you know, happy days, you're probably in a good mood. And if, um, and, and, you know, there's just so much information coming at, at, at everybody that affects their mood that tomorrow's going to be another day of no work, no business, tough things, whatever. And, um, and, and so I think we're caught in a time where, where moods are really negative. We'll get through it, though. Oh, I'm, I'm confident that we'll get through it. And one of the things that we've done with our organization is talk a lot about, and this will actually be uh, the subject. When people hear this, they will be able to read my column, um, talking about working the problem, right? I don't know if you ever saw the, the Matt Damon movie, The Martian. Um, and spoiler alert, I'm yeah. about, yeah, I'm about yeah. to reveal the ending. I mean, it's, it's fiction, but, you know, he's trapped on Mars and, and he has to keep himself alive for months at a time. And when he gets back, he talks about at some point you feel like this is it. This is how I end. But you, you focus on solving one problem and then you solve the next problem and then you solve the next problem. And if you solve enough problems, you get home. And I think that's an important thing for people to keep in mind that focus on solving a problem. It gives you a constructive action. I think the feeling of helplessness is, is important right now. People feel like I don't know what to do. I need to do something. And if you have something to do, if there's something that you can, you know, really take back some sense of control, I, I think that's a constructive message that people need to have right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, the, 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 the wrong answer is to be a victim. And, and, you know, victimhood is described as, as feeling like you have no, um, you know, no way to, to affect your future. Um, and, and a victim in any kind of circumstance is a bad, bad place to be. And, uh, you know, along those lines, the only answer right now that's wrong is to do nothing. What, you know, in your organization, in your, in your personal life, you got to go out. You've got to look at, again, what are the facts? Let's be a realist. But then let's, let's, let's be opportunists. Let's, let's take advantage of what we can or put in place and, yeah, I think probably every business in, in the industries we serve has got, um, you know, capital uh, uh, problems, capital constraints, access to capital. You know, when, when in a recession, if your sales go down 40 or 50 percent, you know, you can cut back, you can rationalize. But when, when your revenues go to zero, which which is, you know, happened to a lot of companies, you know, in the United States, you know, it's a whole different kind of plan. And very quickly, you know, you're, you're capital constrained. And so Thursday morning, um, you know, the, the Senate bill was, was published, 880 pages long. But in there are possibilities for helping businesses with capital. Um, and, and, you know, if you have nothing else to do, you ought to really get somebody smart on the phone and talk through, if you're a business leader, you know, all of these possibilities. And are there things in here that can help me, our company, and my employees, and uh, um, you know, but to do nothing—that's that's the killer. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Furniture Today's On the Record. 
Brought to you by Klausner Home Furnishings, a global leader in the manufacture, distribution, and marketing of a complete range of furniture and bedding solutions. Only Klausner brings you so much, delivers it so fast, and all on one truck. And now, for more insights from the experts, let's return to Bill and his guest. As we look forward, um, I was speaking to Tom Conley about the, the high point market in June, and I, I'm trying to get a sense, and I tried to get a sense from him of how um, all of you have to try to work through this problem, and what are the the discussions that you have to have with government officials, with um, your own teams, what are, what are some of the things that will be occurring um, that people may not be aware of, but at least will um, impact the the potential for the markets over the summer? So um, as, you, as you well know, in the interview, Tom, and I mm -hmm. listened to the, the podcast, it's the High Point Market Authority's decision as to the, you know, the actual uh, you know, conducting the market and 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 dates, et cetera, and and we're we're highly supportive of the market authority. Uh, Scott Eckman, the president of our furniture business, is, is on the executive board there, um, and and our vote, you know, will be informed by first of all what's going on, you know, uh, governmentally. You know, maybe the decision will be made for us that there are still clamps on, uh, you know. Uh, business closures and to, to non-essential activities. And then, you know, then the decision is easy. It may not be what other people, you know, want, but that that's one element of it. And, and you know, where we are in the recommendation from the CDC and the World Health Organization on public gatherings, um, there's a legal element to it. You know, we have a responsibility to ensure that, you know, that, that, that there, you know, our guests are safe and secure and, and all our buildings right now, by the way, we, we have enhanced cleaning going on and, and, and security so we can, you know, be assured that, uh, you know, everything is going properly. And then we have, you know, we have 50 teammates that, that, that are in, in leasing, um, you know, that are talking to our customers daily and, and getting feedback. And that feedback is really valuable in, in informing us. Um, you know, we could declare that, you know, market is open. But if buyers are saying, I, I'm not coming, you know, I'm not ready to get on an airplane yet, or hotels aren't opening. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of data that comes in. Um, you know, interestingly, when we talk to our customers, whether they're buyers or our tenants, um, you know, there's no unanimity there. Yeah, you know, there are people that, you know, it's inconceivable that you would even think about having a market now. And then there are others that are, you got to have a market now. The industry needs it. And uh, I don't think anybody denies the fact that markets are critical to the B2B commerce in, in, in our industries. But all of those things will go into, you know, at, uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, a decision as to do we support opening up for market or is the prudent thing to do, um, you know, to, to, to uh, not have the market in June. Yeah, I, I don't mean, mean to make light of this in any way. This is certainly a serious situation, but there's a certain irony um, in that how many times do you hear people complain about the number of markets that we have? And now I think people would be delighted to get back out and attend markets and are, are really eager to get back. And, and it really, I think, in some ways reinforces the value um, of the markets as the grease of the wheels of commerce. For sure. I mean, we, I, I think 
Kira, where we've done numerous studies um, with buyers, uh, whether they're e-commerce buyers, whether they're, you know, not, uh, uh, big boxes, whether they're off price, whether they're interior designers, brick and mortar stores, they all think markets essential to their businesses. And, you know, there's, there, we, we're among uh, a few that are making huge spends in the digital space, but it's in the construct of being more value for the industry um, in addition to the physical markets. And, and uh, you know, there is also a social element of the, the business, but when um, the next market comes for whatever business, whether, whether you're in the apparel business in, in Atlanta, the gift business or furniture business in High Point or Las Vegas, it's going to be a time of incredible opportunity. You know, the, the world has just been, you know, shaken up. They're going to, they're eventually, you know, they're going to be survivors. They're going to be people that, that, that are crippled. They're going to be people that can get product, people that might not have product for a, a longer period of time. There'll be opportunities for new relationships. And so um, when that comes, you know, let's hope it's sooner rather than later. Uh, the, the, the opportunities for, for companies, whether, whether they're, you know, retailers or designers or whether they're manufacturers or suppliers, um, any time that there's disruption, there's opportunity. And you, 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 we all have to admit this is probably the most disrupt, disruptive time of our, you know, lives. Um, and uh, so the market is going to be a really, really interesting, you know, time. Absolutely. You mentioned the IMC Digital Innovation Initiative, um, and I'm, I'm sure you've gotten questions about why would you do that? You're going to hurt the markets. But it's really intended to be a complementary um, function in, in addition to the market. So can you kind of explain to people what the goal is and how it's going to be complementary? And then I'd like to get a sense of how the timing and whether or not this affects the timing of uh, how quickly that rolls out. Sure. So, um, you know, there, there is no question that a physical marketplace is the best opportunity for discovery. You, you know, every sort of research we've done around every channel of distribution, people want to know what's new. And, and market is a validation point for what's new. Uh, and, and, and we have a highly tactile product People want to look, touch, feel. They want to judge the craftsmanship, the fit, the finish, everything that you know the people in, in our industry totally understand. But there's also commerce beyond the two markets a year, and I say two markets a year because there's 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 very little overlap between High Point and Las Vegas. Let's just talk about furniture for now. The overlap are basically the top 100 who are going to both, but 85% of the people going to Las Vegas don't go to High Point. 85% of the buyers that go to High Point don't go to Las Vegas. So generally for a buyer, there's two markets. And, and, uh, and the rest of the year, they have you know, opportunities for tweaking product, bringing in new product, and also for discovery and planning for future markets. And that is ideally situated for, for a digital platform. And so, as you know, um, earlier this year, we announced the formation of IMCDI, um, our digital initiative with the acquisition of, of, of Barros and Repsio, two companies already in that business. And we're building out a, a total marketplace, if you will. Um, but we, we do have things that, that, that are immediately available. And one of those is, is the product discovery 
uh, uh, engine on the Las Vegas website, market website. And uh, by the way, there's uh, on that is 14,000 suppliers, uh, hundreds of thousands of buyers. And uh, last year, in the last 12 months, we've had 3 million unique website visitors. So there are people on there looking, they're not, you know, for entertainment coming on there. There are 3 million unique visitors looking and saying, okay, who's out there doing this? And, and basically, the contact is once they discover that, they can go and, and contact the, the vendor. Uh, but we're going to get that functionality up with the America's Mark website. And any customers in, in High Point will be able to plug into it um, as well through the Las Vegas or, or Atlanta website. But that's, that's, that's almost immediately available. And then we've got great B2B capabilities through a functionality called ShopSeal. And that's a, a live and fully transactional B2B platform. Right now, there's about 100 vendors on it and about 400,000 SKUs. And, uh, and, and there's the search capabilities and the ability to directly connect buyers to sellers. So a buyer could look and say, you know, I'm interested in this, uh, you know, nightstand and I'm from a certain manufacturer and we can put them together and, and, and basically um, encourage uh, commerce between them. By June, we'll have that blown out so that we will have at least a minimally viable product to do that on a massive scale. And so uh, the digital plus the physical, we think is, is the future. And uh, we've, we, we've hired, I think in the last week, we've hired a dozen more people. So we now have a staff of 60 technologists that are working on this. And we've got another 30 to 40 in the pipeline. So we've not pulled back on that part of our business investment, we, we've got our, our uh, you know, our foot on the accelerator, and uh, stay tuned. Um, what 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 we're going to be able to offer in June, I think, will be really really compelling um, for the industry. Um, if there's a physical market, and I hope there is, and if they're not, uh, because again, this will this will be a highly complementary way for our buyers and sellers to come together and. Uh, and do the things they need to do to run their business. So this really will allow buyers who, who and I, and you know, we talk about markets not always being order writing markets anymore, right? People go, they look, they assess, right. they say, "Can you change this? Can you do that?" So this could be an opportunity for that engagement where you you go, you kick the tires at a, a physical market, and you can then you will eventually be able, or relatively soon, be able to actually transact and say, "Remember that thing I talked about with you, and that those programs and those lines that we looked at. Now we want to see them, and we can go forward." Is that is, is that a correct understanding of how that could work? Yes, you know, kind of on a foundational basis, but even more in the prospect of if you look at people coming to market for three days and physically being able to see however many, you know, vendors that, that they can, um, you know, how do you expand that possibility? And there are a lot of people that are transforming their businesses at retail to include an e-commerce piece, an outlet piece, et cetera, or, or just to expand their product offering into, you know, more of a lifestyle environment. And so they might be looking and saying, well, I want, I, I want to bring in lamps or I want to bring in artwork or something. Who do I go see? Well, to do that kind of vetting, and discovery before market 
allows you to be a lot more productive at market. So, you know, at the end of the day for our tenants, we want them to have the most up to bats with customers. Now they have to decide whether they want to do business with them and that functionality will be built in so that uh, if a buyer's interested in a product and, and contacts through, you know, our marketplace, uh, uh, the seller, seller decides, do I want that customer? Do I have channel conflicts? You know, and and uh, you know, uh, and and have a dialogue that well, if you like this, maybe you like that. Uh, so uh, you know, it all fits together, making the physical market more productive, making discovery easier, and 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 making uh, making commerce less, you know, taking the friction out of a lot of the commerce. It actually sounds like that very much parallels the consumer experience today, where a consumer will shop online. Um, use that to educate themselves, use that to narrow down their choices. And then before, and, and we've talked about this in, in the context of furniture stores, right? Once upon a time, it was seven visits to a store. Today, it's two, sometimes one. It sounds like this in many ways mirrors that where you can um, do a lot of the legwork digitally and then narrow, narrow down your options and really focus in when you go to the physical market. Yeah, and, and Bill, back to a point made earlier about trust. I think we're a different solution in, in a, the, the context. We're from these industries. I mean, all of our people grew up in the, in the furniture industry, the gift industry, the home decor industry, apparel, boring, et cetera. And, and this is a solution for the industry. We're not out to disintermediate, you know, the rep. You know, we're not, we're not, we're, we're out to make everybody's commerce more frictionless, more effective, more efficient. And, and, you know, and we're not off to, out to knock off anybody's product. You know, they're the, the biggest markets out there, B2C markets, you've got the actual market maker competing against people supplying product, you know, whether it's with their own, own brands or, or they go direct to the manufacturer. We're, 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 we're none of that. We're, we're business builders. We're growth uh, fuelers. And so that's why I'm so excited about, you know, bringing more value our tenants and that's what this is all about i think that's an important distinction where uh i think when people compare it perhaps to amazon it starts to get a little confusing and then you do start to, to as you say you know worry about but you're, you're not in the furniture business you're in the connecting buyer and seller business exactly and and and, and, and amazon's a great comparative they, they've got the technology you know they they can do this but uh you know their behavior and how they're dealing with suppliers, you know, is what it is. Um, you know, I, I, I'd like to think, and I do believe that IMC has built that credibility and trust that, uh, you know, we, we're, we're, we're taking one plus one and making more than two when you look at a physical marketplace and a digital marketplace. And uh, fortunately, we have the resources, you know, to be able to do that and to do it quickly. And uh, so... As I said, stay tuned. Um, it's not easy, but we think it's an incredible value proposition. And and I think it's important to recognize that is a forward-looking strategy, right? That is not sitting back and saying, oh my goodness, what just happened? We can't do anything. This is continuing to move forward, continuing to look at ways for when we come out of this to strengthen the business. For sure. As you know, Bill, Tom, you know, we founded IMC. The, the idea came about late 2009, um, and and we worked through 
you know, the whole process of, of, of buying the World Market Center and, you know, 16 buildings in High Point, um, you know, the, the initial footprint, I think, was like 12, 13 million square feet. All of that was done in absolute depths of the Depression. Uh, or a great recession, I guess we're calling it. Uh, and and you know this is this is not going to be an exception to this. There's, there there will be those kinds of opportunities. And uh, you know back to my you know having a plan and, and, and being optimistic, realistic, realistic. You have to be opportunistic as well. And uh, and that's what the survivors they're they're gonna they're gonna be able to get their hands around that. Absolutely. One final word. If people in the industry brought you in as a consultant and said, tell us what we need to do, please, what advice would you have for folks as a closing thought? Well, I think it's obvious, you know, that number one, you know, everybody is, 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 is going to have a capital challenge. Um, you know, when, when your revenues go to zero and, and, and I'm seized, no, no, no exception. You know, but cancellation of the trade shows and all that, we've already taken a really significant cash hit. Um, you know, their, their tax payments, their insurance. You know, we're the largest tax player in, 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 in High Point. I think we're second and third in Atlanta. We're the largest in the city of Las Vegas. You know, that's a significant thing. You've got, you know, you've got your debt, mortgages. And um, so in that construct, going and acting honorably and, and saying, you know, can we work out something so that we can preserve cash during this time? Because you, you need to be able to come out the other end. And unfortunately, there's some tough decisions that are involved there in, in, in laying off people. And, uh, and, and, but there's, there are ways to do that honorably and, 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 and people understand, especially if you help them, you know, get good advice and, uh, and, 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 and you do it, uh, you know, in a humane way. Um, but you've got you, you've gotta come out of this thing with a plan for access to cash. It may be borrowing, you know, it may be personally guaranteeing some things if you have, you know, faith in your business. And uh, you know, in the Senate package there there are ways. There's small business administration loans, um, you know, up to I think ten million dollars uh, for working capital. But that's 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 a number one job at hand. Number two is to preserve your competences, not your relationship with your suppliers and your employees. And, and then lastly, what am I going to do differently? Because it's going to be a different world when, when we come out of this. And uh, it'll be a world of opportunities. Uh, what we don't know is if that's in four weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks. It's, we're not going to be in this mess, you know, six months from now. But, uh, um, you know, that's, that's my advice. And, uh, you know, tough times brings out the character of people, too. Uh, you, you can do tough things, but you can be honorable and you can be communicative and you can treat people like partners. And whether, again, they're your vendors or your landlord or your employees, um, as long as people feel like they're part of the solution, uh, they'll, they'll make great sacrifices for you. Thanks, Bob. That's terrific advice. I hope that's something that the industry will take to heart. My guest this week was Bob Marisich, CEO of International Market Centers um, and a venerable industry leader with great advice for the industry. Thank you for taking the time with us today. It's been my pleasure, Bill. Take care, Bob. Be well. We'll stay in touch. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.